Buffalo Wild Wings has specials on food from 3 to 6, Monday through Friday, and great deals on drinks all day. It's the perfect way to offset a long day. Text that hilarious joke about your boss to your boss. What? No, no. Try a $3 Wild Herd by Goose Island. Set your morning alarm for 6 p.m. That calls for $5 strawberry margaritas. So if you ask your phone why you're still single and... Ha, ha, ha. Seriously? Head to Buffalo Wild Wings. At participating locations, taxes and fees apply. Dine-in only. Drink responsibly. Offers vary by location. Void where prohibited. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All-Hit Radio! Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. I am Rob McConnell, and we're coming to you live and around the world on the Exxon Broadcast Network and our worldwide affiliates. If you'd like to check us out on any of the social media sites, Exxon Radio TV, our radio website is exxonradiotv.com, and our network website is xzbn.net. If you'd like to send an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com. This, you must admit, not only is the weather weird this year, but so is the political arena. Now, last night, President Trump addressed a joint session of Congress, and I must tell you, I was impressed. He, for the first time speaking out anywhere, sounded like the President of the United States. And, you know, he acknowledged the vandalism that's going on in the Jewish cemeteries. He, he recognized the military. He recognized... Uh, people who had served, recognized the family of law enforcement officers that had passed. And you know what? Hats off to you, President Trump. My guest this hour is Brian Crabtree. He is the publisher of Talk40.com, as well as a contributor to Townhall.com, ClashDaily.com, and DailyCaller.com. In an interview with Fox News Channel, Fox and Friends, that aired last Tuesday, President Trump seemed to shrug off the claim that his predecessor, former Barack Obama, was behind the protests taking place around the country against him and other Republicans in Washington. President Trump also pointed the finger at Obama as possibly being the man behind the numerous links plaguing his administration. Uh, This is a quote. I think he is behind it, Trump said. I also think it's politics. That's the way it is. Our guest this hour, Brian Crabtree, is the live afternoon host of Atlanta's Biz 1190 from 4 to 6 p.m. weekdays and daring again on AM 20. The answer from 9-11 p.m. His real estate show with his wife, Mackenzie Crabtree, can also be heard on Saturday at 9 a.m. on AM 920. The answer and noon on Sunday on Biz 1190. Uh, First of all, Brian, thanks so much for joining us tonight. It's great talking to you. Congratulations on all your many successes. And it's really nice talking to another guy in the media. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, you know, people in radio and uh, broadcasting, we uh, we tend to see things uh, differently because we, we connect with the people more. So it's, um, it's, it's, it's a little different than, uh, than some of the stations and media in, in the United States. It's, um, it's, uh, it's a better, uh, better output. Tell me, uh, what do you think, based on your expertise, the years you've been in the media, the shows that you do, the people you touch, what do you think 
is behind these elusive links, uh, not, not the elusive links, but the elusive um, uh, leaks that are coming to the media from within inside the administration? Uh, I think it's a power struggle to some extent. I don't think it's to the level the media has reported, but I think there's people jockeying for power. They see this as a great opportunity. I ran a business for many years, mm -hmm. and uh, the employees of that business, uh, the same as some of Trump's officials, uh, it doesn't matter what level you get to, they're all human, and ultimately what they're what they're trying to do is is uh, knock someone off the ladder so they can climb up the ladder. That's That's the way it works. It's human behavior, and I think... It's a little out of control, but I think you'll get it contained. Some people's heads are going are gonna to end up rolling. He's going to drain the swamp, so he says. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, in your opinion, we've got about uh, 40 seconds before I have to go to my break. What did you think of the, the president's address to the joint session of Congress last night? I think it, uh, it represented exactly what I thought Trump was capable of doing in terms of being a president and acting presidential. I'm not... I'm not big on the fact that mm -hmm. the president has to act presidential, but I think he did a magnificent job, and the polls are reflective of that. I mean, 80, 90 percent of the people surveyed said it was presidential, and yeah. it was at least favorable, their reaction to that speech, and that's a very telling number. Last night I was uh, watching it after, the, after our shows, and Van Jones on CNN threw me back when he actually said this is the first time he has ever heard President Trump actually sound like a president, and he seems surprised but pleasantly shocked as well. They haven't been paying attention to who he really is in That's business. Right. I've been studying Trump uh, for 20, 30 years. They've been ignoring reality and focused on their emotions. Brian, stand by. You and I have to take a quick break. Exxon Nation, Brian Crabtree is our special guest. His website, the Brian Crabtree Show.com. That's the Brian Crabtree Show.com. And his archives are available at townhall.com forward slash columnist forward slash Brian Crabtree. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell, and Brian and I will be back on the other side of this quick break as we continue here from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Exxon Broadcast Network. Don't go away. Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Mnemology Science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Mnemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today. Know the name, know the person. Or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Take a step back in time and discover old Florida cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere, Florida. Enjoy delicacies such as frog legs, gator tail, catfish, and swamp cabbage, 
or enjoy the more traditional cuisine such as hand-cut Angus steaks, ribs, and seafood. Join us for breakfast with a Southern Flair featuring sweet potato pancakes, biscuits and gravy, and much more. Planning a party? Marsh Landing's private dining rooms can accommodate groups from 8 to 80 people. While you visit, enjoy the historic pictures, artifacts, and stories that line the walls. Marsh Landing is truly a unique experience. Marsh Landing Restaurant, 44 North Broadway in historic downtown Felsmere. Or visit marshlandingrestaurant.com. Marsh Landing, Old Florida cuisine at its best. If you're a seeker, don't miss the inspiring book, Shamanic Awakening, Between the Dark and the Daylight. This remarkable work chronicles shamanic counselor and indigenously trained dream decoder, Sandra Cochran's 35 years of experience with diverse wisdom keepers throughout the Americas. Sandy's initiations across the British Isles, Turkey, Greece, and Egypt, combined with her knowledge of symbology, psychology, and myth, influence her dream blog and workshops. Sandy offers private readings, Sacred International Journeys, a meditative CD, and her book, Shamanic Awakening, to encourage you as you navigate your earthwalk and create a deeper connection to yourself. Find this and more at her website, starwalkervisions.com. Explanation Brian Crabtree is our special guest this hour. www.thebriancrabtreeshow.com. And Brian, you and I were quickly uh, talking about last night's um, uh, presidential address. And during the commercial break, I said, uh, Nancy Pelosi didn't look very happy last night, did she? <laughs> no, she, she looked, if, if words could describe her facial expression, mm-hmm. I think it would be upset but i can't say the word i want to use uh, over the airwaves but it's uh it's it's really um they're boxed in a corner they the democrats in, in in at large are boxed in a corner nancy pelosi being a leader of the house uh democrats she has really uh, it's like eating crow constantly they cannot seem to contain the monster that's come out of the box called trump and, and the thing i found amazing last night at pelosi and, and and most of the democrats save a few even when he was making patriotic statements during the middle of the speech about soldiers or about various different military initiatives, they didn't stand for that. That shows you how much contempt they have for this president. I know the right had plenty of contempt for Obama, but it developed over the first year. It wasn't, it wasn't existent uh, at this level going into the first hundred days. Uh, there was some, but nothing like this. This is an emotional a basket case of a situation, if I've ever seen one. Let me ask you this. Why do you think, in your opinion, as a guy, a fellow guy in the media, the polls got it so wrong when it came to who was going to win the presidential election? Because the polls are, in, in, in the case of U.S. politics anyway, the polls are basically to influence the vote, not to reflect the voters. They've, they've, they've shifted over the years to influence the vote. There were two consistent polling outlets, the L.A. Times USC poll out of California, um, which was covering the whole nation, and Rasmussen, which accurately predicted that Trump would win the election. The rest of the polls were polled by liberal agencies or mm-hmm. predominantly liberal agencies, and I think their bias was uh, was inside the polls. The way the question was asked uh, perhaps can, can change just slightly the outcome of those polls. If you look at the same phenomenon right now, The presidential approval rating has bounced between 50 and 56 percent over the last 30 days for Donald Trump and Rasmussen. Remember, they got it right in November. Mm -hmm. Every other poll has Trump in the 40 to 45 range. I've been saying on my radio show, I'm going to stick with the one that got the election right. And it's the same phenomenon now. All the polls say the country doesn't like him, uh, you know, a majority negative. And the one poll that got it right that's still in existence is saying that. they like him, it's still the same numbers or better. And so we've got a real problem with the way we reflect politics in, in, in our U.S. Uh, system. What's your take on President Bush starting to stick his nose into the affairs of uh, President Trump and for, for what seems to be the first time a member of the old boys club, the old president club, is actually 
taking jabs at the president in power? Well, the Bush uh, family is close with the Clintons. Uh, I presume because of that nature, they're close with the Obamas as well. I think that Trump is considered an outsider. So if you are an insider but polar opposite in politics, you seem to get treated with respect. That's what you're seeing because Trump is not part of the political class, not part of the swamp that he wants to drain, so to speak. I think that's why you're seeing some of these establishment Republicans act like Democrats. And what what Bush said really isn't that that big of a deal, but I I think he should probably, if he's going to say something that's not positive, even if neutral, he should probably keep the same principle that he had for the eight years of Obama, say nothing at all, Mm -hmm. because Obama was very damaging in a lot of ways to our country. And I, I think to step in and to do more political damage to perhaps a shift in direction is not advantageous to, if he's truly a Republican, the Republican Party. You know, in my years doing the media, I've never seen a media outlet like CNN act and treat the President of the United States with so much negativity and toxicity. Yeah, it's a, it's phenomenal. I think what you have going on there, I was talking to Jeffrey Lord, who mm-hmm. is, and he was on my show a couple of weeks ago. He's one of the contributors at CNN, full-time contributors. And he be, he really described it. He says, I have great relationships with all these people at CNN. They're very They're good people. They treat me well. He says, I think the difference, if you want to know how to understand it, is that after I'm done in D.C. sitting in on a show or in New York, I drive back to Philadelphia, just outside of Philadelphia, where I actually live, and then I interact with people there in the mm-hmm. city, regular, everyday people. What happens, I think, with many of the media folks, especially at CNN, is they don't get amongst people. They only get amongst other media people. And what they end up doing is getting a very distorted view of what's really happening, what people are really feeling. And I think that's why they're so shocked. I think their hysteria now, after the Trump inauguration, is reflective of their embarrassment of getting it so wrong. And so they're trying to manifest, I told you so, look how bad he's turned out. Look how bad he is because they're emotionally overwhelmed. And I think it's really a psychological event going on in the uh, hysterical side of the media. And in, the, in what I would say is 5 to 10 percent of the country, seems like more than that, that's really acting out in very petulant and childish ways. I, I think this is about trying to be right because they're so embarrassed and so shocked because their expectations was that Trump had no possibility of winning. And in fact, he had every chance in the world and they, they couldn't see it. And that, that's why the reaction, I think, is more about their being wrong, their being embarrassed, their being shocked, than it really is about Trump specifically. And I think they just need to get it out of their system. Well, you know, this wasn't uh, the first time uh, during the election period that CNN kind of blew it. Look what happened with the Donna Brazil. Yeah, I mean, Donna Brazil is just one of those folks mm-hmm. who can kind of watch and see that there's two sides to that person. There's just that there's a tick or a nuance about it. And she's the type of person that infiltrates the, the, the media outlets uh, very frequently. They cycle in and cycle out. Sometimes they get caught, sometimes they don't. But they're using their various uh, degrees of access to cheat. There's a lot of cheaters in American politics, especially on the left, but on the right as well. I will give CNN some credit there, though. No matter how they're covering the president, they did uh, tell her that she was no longer welcome there. That's true. Because I do think at the end of the day, CNN does want to believe they are a journalistic organization. And to some extent, I guess they are if you're able to unpack what they do with their opinion hosts in the evening and just look at purebred news coverage. They do okay. Fox is the same way. Fox uh, generally is a great journalistic outlet, but a lot of people get a tainted view of Fox News. Because from 7 o'clock till midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning, it's all opinion, and that's when most people watch. But if you really unpack their journalism, Fox News does a pretty good job as well. Exonation Brian Crabtree is our special guest to this hour. And we're talking to Brian about, well, a little bit of this and a little bit of that, but mostly about President, uh, uh, President I nearly said Obama, my God, President uh, Trump and um, what has been going on. Now tell me, is there proof of a shadow presidency. Proof of a shadow presidency, you mean in terms of Obama or in terms of what's happening with Trump? Let's take Obama first and then let's go to Trump. Okay, well, I think I think what's happening with Obama at this point is that you have a lot of people in Obama's administration who were, in a sense, deviant. I don't think Obama's a bad person, and I think what happened there is there, were, there was two different presidents 
occurring at the same time. You had Obama and what he said and what he was told, and he's a very naive leader. He had no leadership experience at all other than running and getting elected in the state Senate of Illinois and then the Senate in uh, the U.S. Senate. And when he came to the White House, he had no leadership experience. He'd never been a CEO, never run, never managed anything. So he picked ideologues and uh, some, in some cases political hacks to be his key people. And, and they had an agenda that wasn't all his. And so they acted out on it. So a lot of what was was projected on or was tagged to Obama was mm-hmm. a result of some really bad choices he made in people. That's, that's I think, the Obama situation. When, when you come to what is Obama doing now, I think Obama has been resting. I think Obama is having some conversations that are antithetical to Trump's interests. And that may be perpetuating the comment that Trump made recently that Obama may be behind some of this, but that's just politics. And then in terms of what's really happening is the operatives that are deployed, the Obama loyalists are at every level of the federal government. They're bureaucrats, and they're typically liberal anyway. So they naturally align with Obama. Many are loyalists uh, to Obama specifically, and they're actively attempting to sabotage Trump. I predicted this would happen, and uh, it's not really surprising me. Trump's got to figure out how to get the political ideologues that are in non-political positions out of the government, and that will fix a lot of the problems in the U.S. government. That's uh, that's really, I think, how it stacks up now. And I don't know if he gets that yet. I don't know. I, I think some of us, that may be the weakness he has because of his uh, being a businessman and not a politician. But I think he's the type of person, if he doesn't know it, he's going to get it because that's the way he's always been. If you study the man for mm-hmm. 20 years, he figures it out much more quickly than most. Do you think Bannon holds more authority than a lot of people think he does? Or is Bannon actually under under Trump, and why is Trump giving him so much authority and putting him in so many places where any other president would not have put a person with Bannon's job description in these high-level places? Um, You know, I'm going to say on the positive side of it, I have a little reservation with Bannon that he might be a little bit, um, you know, overemployed in this position, Uh, and, and I think a lot of people agree with that, even if you're a fan of Trump, but I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt. Trump sees in people sometimes judgment. And so Bannon has done a phenomenal job. One of the top 40 websites in this country is Breitbart. Under his tutelage, that site went through the roof. I mean, skyrocketed. So when it comes to what Trump really needs is being have a powerhouse of messaging. He himself, is, he's very good at it. He, he almost single-handedly did it to win the election. But when you're the president of the United States, it's not just the potential of running and being the president. Now you are the most powerful individual in the world, and everyone wants to put a bullseye on your back. So you need a team of people as powerful as you are to help penetrate the messaging. I think that's the purpose of Bannon. Does he have influence? Yes. But if you if you study Trump, you'll know one thing. Trump will listen. He will acknowledge you. He will, he will treat you with respect. He will uh, indulge whatever you want to offer him. So long as he thinks you have good judgment and you're competent, he'll kick you to the curb if you're incompetent. And I think that's how he views Bannon. But ultimately, at the end of the day, it's his way or the highway. He's going to make the decision. And a lot of times that decision is going to be the opposite of what you suggested. So I don't think Bannon has the kind of influence that we are suggesting he has. It appears that way, mm-hmm. but Trump is a guy that will make his own decision Rest assured, that's what's happening. President Trump and his team are apparently preparing a new travel ban. Um, How do you think this one is going to work? I've got my own way of looking at what happened. I think that he put something forward to see what the courts would come back with so then he could go back in a business style and say, all right, you said I couldn't do this, I could do this, well, I've done this now, now what are you going to do? Well, everything Trump does is, is always extreme. So if you think about it, we're going to build a wall, we're going to deport everybody, we're going to have a Muslim ban. I mean, all of these things, it's a shock and awe of the crowd. And he knows that there's a populism in the country that actually believes in that stuff. At the end of the day, I've always said the most disappointed people for Donald Trump over the four years or eight years he serves are going to be the people that are most his supporters who are far to the right, uh, because he's not going to be as far right as people think. So uh, absolutely. It's the, it's the Art of the Deal 101, the book from the 80s. You, you state something completely out there in left field that's way more than you know you're going to get, so that at the end of the day you get exactly what you want. And I think that's what he did. I don't think he did it that way with the original ban as a, as a structure on purpose, 
But I think when he's sitting and staring at the mm-hmm. possibility of battling in the Supreme Court for a couple of years, taking it to the Supreme Court, versus figuring out what really was the flaw in the original executive order, it's gonna, their arguments are going to be used against them, I can guarantee you, in the next travel ban, because he's going to box them into the corner just like he has the entire Democrat Party. It's going to be harder to battle this one in court. All right, stand by, Brian. You and I have to take our our news break here. Exxon Nation, Brian Crabtree is our special guest, www.thebriancrabtreeshow.com. And you can follow Brian on Twitter at Brian Crabtree. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Whatever you do, don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. There's a legend shared by many indigenous cultures of a time when the nations were cast to the four corners of the world. Each nation was given a body of sacred knowledge that held a different portion of the truth to preserve. True reality could not be known until all the nations reunited, combining the information. If a single one was missing, the world could not be reborn and darkness would prevail. The Science of Magic Radio is dedicated to reuniting the sacred knowledge. With the understanding, none of us has all the answers, but together we can open new perceptions and possibilities. Through our combined vision, the world can be reborn into a place where darkness no longer prevails. Join me, Gwilda Wiecka, and the Science of Magic daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, or visit us at thescienceofmagic.net. Gibbs A. Williams, Ph.D., is a practicing psychoanalyst, supervisor, researcher, and author in New York City. Much of his life has been dedicated to understanding nature and the uses of meaningful coincidences or synchronicities. His radical and original non-Jungian, non-mystical, non-magical theory of synchronicities illuminates much of the fog surrounding this challenging and perplexing topic. His ideas and manners are fresh, presented in a style that is both entertaining and highly informative. He is also an expert on crisis intervention, specially focused on violence reduction for the police and citizens, mastering anxiety, frustration, and stress without the use of medication, and effectively preventing and treating heroin addiction. Dr. Williams can be contacted at his email address at gwwilliamsny11 at aol.com or visit his website at... Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. 
A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. Explanation, Brian Crabtree is our guest, www.thebriancrabtreeshow.com, and on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash the-brian-crabtree-show-2422299159157 slash And by the way, Exonation, Brian is spelled B-R-Y-A-N, not B-R-I-A-N. So there you go. Oh, thanks very much for being with us, Brian. Great getting your perspective. Um, Another topic that people want to know more about is, is there a connection between President Trump's electoral win and a connection to Russia and Russia hacking and being an influence within the United States electoral system? Well, the short answer is no, not specifically. Indirectly, yes, because uh, Russia, unfortunately, and I say this very unfortunately, did for America what the media in America has been unwilling to do for at least two decades, which is journalism, getting to the bottom of what the truth is about every candidate. The biggest problem in our media is that they always bash the right, but they don't go as harsh after the left. So if they would if they would go as as, as bananas against the left as they do Donald Trump, then I would have no problem with their coverage of Trump because politicians need to be held accountable. Unfortunately, Russia hacked the DNC, hacked our electoral process, and exposed to us what only conservatives had been reporting. Mm -hmm. And it may have had some influence on people's uh, psyche. It certainly didn't. It didn't manipulate the election because the truth is the only thing that manipulated this election. Hillary Clinton had some serious scandals in her history, the biggest of which was actual deals that were very, very bad for the United States with Russia. And, um, and I, don't, I won't go bore you with all of that, but there were so many details of where she traded. Uh, it appeared she traded, perhaps quid pro, uh, pro quo, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for Iranian deals in Russia with a Canadian businessman, Russian businessman as well. And those things came out. Had it not been for Russia, perhaps people would have still thought that was conspiracy theory. Uh, but, uh, in fact, they, they learned that it was probably true because more and more detail about their behavior and their patterns was exposed to the American people. Ultimately, the people decided, and they decided they no longer wanted a Clinton. Why, why don't certain members of the American public want President Trump and, and Russia to work together to, to take out ISIS? Well, there's two ways to answer that question, and I think it it requires both answers. First, the American people, to some degree, have an ignorance. And and it's on both sides of the aisle. It's not just Democrats. On both sides of the aisle, there's an ignorance. Because when you align with people and you follow people and not the issues independently and specifically, you tend to become more ignorant about the issues, and so you just go with whatever the people tell you to do. Um, That's the problem in the American uh, electorate. Now, when you get into the politics, I was preparing for my show last week and i i was sitting down in a quiet room and i was reading all about this this russian stuff and the connection of people in the trump administration and so-called connections and i I thought to myself there's a prevailing issue here the prevailing issue is that there are some politicians on both the right and the left democrats and republicans they don't want us to get along with russia and for about 20 minutes i sat with the question talking to myself if you'd heard me you thought i was crazy why (laughs) Do some of these politicians not want us to get along with Russia? Your very question. I couldn't have answered if, if it had been a, a spur-of-the-moment question because I've given it great thought. It's real simple. People like John McCain and Lindsey Graham and some of the others that are, that are for disputes continuing with Russia, their, their power comes greatly from the military spending complex. Defense contractors, big military defense budget items, they get their donations from those people that empower their campaigns, or their, their, their support comes indirectly from political action committees funded by those groups. And so they, they need chaos between America and Russia. They need it. 
in order to maintain their control and their power. If they don't stop it, they will have failed for these big defense companies, and they will no longer have the money to stay in office because it's only the money. I mean, think about it. John McCain is a good example. Uh, he outspent Kelly Ward, who, who primaried him, another Republican, 10 to 1. $10 million in that race in the primary for Republican Senate of Arizona. And he only won 51 to 40. Imagine if she had an equal fund, she could have beaten him. That's why we need disruption between U.S. and Russia, because people like John McCain get power from it. Whatever happened to Kellyanne Conway? I don't hear or see her anymore at any of the news conferences representing making any statements. Uh, has she been put to the side because she inadvertently promoted a Trump brand? Well, I think they take a break um, when things like that happen. Uh, sometimes they take a break, and then if the thing spirals further, they resign or they leave. The latest I've seen of Kellyanne Conway this past week is where she was sitting up on the White House Oval Office couch with her feet on the couch, knees on the couch, kind of setting up in a room with uh, a bunch of cabinet members and officials of the government, and that, that made a kind of a meme circulation around the web. Mm-hmm. But, but just last week, even in, in, the, in the wake of that comment about Ivanka Trump, uh, she was on CNN, MSNBC, making the rounds on outlets that Trump will not speak to. And so I think that, that that's kind of a role that she's in now, is going to the outlets as a top official or advisor in the Trump administration, that Trump has basically boycotted. What do you think about uh, President Trump not going to the White House Correspondents' Dinner? I think a lot of these things, the, the incessant clapping after every statement the president makes last evening and the yeah. address to Congress, the formality of such things. You know, you basically had an hour, hour and ten minutes there of the Trump speaking and 20 minutes of substance, not because of Trump, because we have so much formality and process. The process in our country is over the people. When you look at the Correspondents' Dinner, Trump's probably saying, what does this have to do with the people? I mean, I'm just here with a bunch of media people don't like me anyway, and I'm supposed to joke and have fun and pretend I like them. I'm not going to go. It makes a bigger statement that I'm going to go to work and spend those hours doing something for the American people. He didn't say that specifically, but that's in his wheelhouse of, of, of thinking and commentary. And I think it's, it's basically putting them on notice that until they – you know, I think if either they would cover leftist issues more fairly and more aggressively – which is really what should happen, or at least neutralize their hysteria against him. Either way, one or the other, I think he would, I would, he would bring them back in. And historically, uh, outlets have done that. You know, a lot of media outlets in our country, they so want the access, they'll do anything, and they're not accustomed to dealing with a president who puts his foot down and says, I'm not giving you any access until you get fair. Uh, that's a dangerous and slippery slope for the president mm-hmm. to have to do it, but I think he has to do it in order to get anything done that he promised to the American people. So not going, I applaud that decision. It's a useless institution. It is not something that necessarily is for the people. It's for the, it's for the process, and it's for the media. The president doesn't want to go to that. He shouldn't have to. It's a tradition. It's not a law. As I see it, any country, Canada, the United States, France, Britain, and the list goes on, is no longer a political entity. It is a business. Import, export. Businesses making money for the company, employ, making sure that, the, that the, um, the citizens are employed, that they have all their benefits in place. And I think that this is what a lot of people thought and still do today think that here we have a president who is a businessman, a very successful businessman. If anyone can turn around the United States to make it great again, it is Donald Trump. And I think the political arena in Washington is really upset with this because it's not the politicians anymore that run the country. It's we the people. Yeah, that's what happened. This was the biggest power grab of establishment politics that's ever occurred since the revolution of our mm-hmm. country and the, and the Constitution, literally. In fact, Republicans have more power in our country than they've ever had since the beginning of the Republican Party. And the power in the House and Senate hasn't been this strong since the 1920s. So you have the people in charge, at least for now, and Trump's uh, supposed to be the champion of the people. And I think he probably will be. He will shock and awe people, I think, in a positive way, both economically and with trade. 
Uh, there's this belief, however, in Washington that we've got to be friends and buddies with all of these other countries, and we can't do any of these things. We've got to keep laying down and being the world's doormat. I don't think that's true. I think you can be an ally with Canada, an ally with France, an ally with Mexico. You can support each other where it's mutually beneficial, but at times you've got to, 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 you know, to battle in terms of, yes, it's a business. You're running a business, and mm-hmm. you need to win in that, in that regard, and it makes everybody better, and that's ultimately a good thing. Washington is caught in a, in a bit of a, of a mess. Uh, Washington is big and bloated because our country is a mess, period. Our country culturally, politically, economically, uh, fiscally is, is, is a mess. Let's just, let's just call it what it is. And while things are a mess, government can keep getting bigger and people in government have more power. If Trump fixes it, we don't need half those people. That's why they're so upset, because if Trump fixes even half of the stuff he's talking about, so many people in Washington will become instantly irrelevant. It's only when the country's in chaos that big government needs to step in and be big government. That's the real issue here, and they know it's an existential threat to their their, their future either politically mm-hmm. or in terms of being a government bureaucrat. The amount of money that he's going to be putting into the military budget has shocked a lot of people. The fact that he's giving more power and putting more money into law enforcement is shocking a lot of people. And and yet you have other people who who voted for Trump are shocked that he's not building the wall, that Obamacare hasn't been repealed yet. And you know, here here you've got a president who who has saved millions and millions and millions of dollars already on on deals that haven't gone through yet. So so where where do where where should the American public look? towards the achievements of the president that you foresee that will be coming through in the near future? Well, some of this is the fault of the media that we don't see what Trump has done. Trump is going through the biggest deregulation process that we've ever seen in terms of where he has power. He has executive power to to force his employees, two million of them in the federal government and in the agencies, Mm -hmm. to stop the the deregulation state or the authoritarian state that we have here. The, the rule that says, if you need a new regulation, I'm not going to stop you, but you're going to repeal two others that you have in your agency, I think is brilliant because it sounds like something I would have done running my business, and I know it's probably how he does it running his business. I always dehired the bottom 10%. The people who were performing at the bottom 10%, out you go. Yeah. More people come in. The top people. We don't in government. So when you look at that, that's, that's very positive. What Donald Trump is, is ultimately doing I'll give an example of something small, but it's also big, sex trafficking. There's 30 million slaves around the world. Donald Trump's forces rounded up in the last 30 days 1,500 sex traffickers in our country. By contrast, in 2014, there were only 400 rounded up the entire year. So Trump and his initiatives are already working in some smaller levels. And the business community, the stock market, sees the optimism, sees the horizon optimistically. That's why the Dow is now flirting above and below 21,000, when 20,000 was the big story back in November and December. Stand by, my friend. You and I have to take our final break. Exonation. Brian Crabtree is our special guest. I'm just going to give his website because the others are a little too uh, complicated. His website is briancrabtreeshow.com and on Twitter at Brian Crabtree. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell, and uh, we'll be back on the other side of this break as we wrap up this hour here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Exxon Broadcast Network. Don't go away. Network broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN TV. For more information on the X Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.x. 
xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. President of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? I'm Dr. Kimberly McGeorge, and on The Secret to Everything, we will merge the practical with open investigation into all realms of the mysterious. We will talk to cutting-edge alternative health practitioners, those who inspire and motivate you in business and life, and of course, we will share stories of the paranormal, conspiracy, and cryptozoology. You will transform because of the frequency I carry, the frequencies my guests carry. Life may never be the same after you listen to this program. For the secret to everything is for you, the listener. For those who desire more in every area of their lives and believe that it can still be found. Listen and discover thesecrettoeverything.com. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an 8-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500-plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night. Brian Crabtree is our special guest, Exxon Nation, uh, www.thebriancrabtreeshow.com. And you can follow Brian on Twitter at Brian Crabtree. Brian, is it my imagination or is the intelligence community afraid of President Trump? Well, I think, uh, I think yes, to some extent, because I think what the government has thought every level of the government, especially the intelligence agencies, is that they're in charge. Typically, the president falls in line. They get to kind of run the president like a puppet, especially intelligence agencies. And they've realized that even though they've sent out a couple of attacks, that he has not backed down mm-hmm. on his agenda and his initiatives. So I think at the same time, they are, they're certainly confident and arrogant. But I think also now they're a little worried because 
if you commit espionage and leak classified details to the media, the potential penalty for that is the death penalty. So there could be some people inside the intelligence community that have a real serious legal issue. And everyone I ask who's in the know and sort of outside but has experience says Trump and company will find the leaks and they will be rooted out. And, and once that happens, I think what, what we end up seeing is that that doesn't ever happen again, because once the penalty is uh, used on a couple of guinea pigs, uh, you know, the rest of the intelligence community internal to the government, they're going to they're not they're not going to want to lose their job. And so, therefore, they're going to believe that there's a consequence. What about all these rumors about fake news? What's your take on that? Or I, sh- um, I shouldn't have said I rumors. I, w- I shouldn't have said rumors. What about all this airplay about fake news? Well, I don't necessarily think that there is indeed in the mainstream media fake news. I think it's highly unbalanced news. So let me tell you what I think fake news is. I think fake news is this when you're very aggressive against the president and then you don't cover with the same aggression his opponents. If you're real aggressive against the president, you're a little over the top, you, you embellish things a little bit, and you make them respond to it and set the record straight on one side of the political aisle, that in of itself isn't really fake news if you do it on the other side of the aisle in the same context. But when you're only giving the pressure to one side, in this case Donald Trump, and then you're not giving the same intent and intensity to the other side, I think it becomes fake news because it misleads the viewers, the listeners, the readers of that Mm -hmm. content. Now, true fake news extends out of the fact that you've got a lot of outlets in the country that are not, that are web outlets, that are social media and YouTube outlets, and they're just reporting outright false information, no factual basis whatsoever. That's true, pure fake news. But that manifests itself just as, in some cases, even worse in the mainstream media when it's one-sided because if people trust or believe that this is a credible source and they're peddling a one-sided view, that's worse than completely distorted, uh, absent, and devoid of truth facts uh, you know, or information. It wouldn't be facts. That's even worse than that because then people believe it. Yeah. There certainly is a lot going on these days. Um, you know, President Trump's, let's see, he hasn't been in power yet 100 days, has he? No. Not yet. I think we're, what, 40, 45 days? And yet he's done so much. He's done so much. And like I said, I've been watching the State of the Union and the presidential addresses to the joint sessions of Congress for many years. And I was really impressed with him last night. Really impressed. And, you know, I, I, I've got to tell you something, Brian. My heart went out to, to one person there last night, and that was Nancy Pelosi. She shouldn't have gone. <laughs> she should have stayed home. Yeah, I, I thought you were going to talk about the widow of the fallen soldier, which was the, it was was the most powerful president. Oh, it was one I've seen in over a decade. But 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 you're right. Uh, equally as powerful were the facial expressions of Nancy Pelosi. I, I I I don't like to have contempt for people. I like to be professional. But pardon me for a moment. That that is a woman I cannot stand. Right. She is one of the most elite, elitist arrogant, better-than-thou, self-grandizement, self-righteous people who has done nothing of any major accomplishment other than for herself in her entire life. She has done nothing but basically ride the coattails of her rich husband. And I hate to say it that way. Uh, I don't want to diminish a woman at all, but my wife is a hard worker. She stands on her own two feet, makes more money than I do. But but the bottom line is is to watch Nancy Pelosi, the way she behaves with so much contempt and conceit, I just, I, I feel bad for the people she is supposed to be representing, and even worse, I feel bad for the rest of the country, to which she greatly impacts negatively. What about the new leader of the DNC, Mr. Perez? I, he seems like an okay guy, but I think this is the, uh, let's put a woman on the ticket play as they did with Hillary Clinton, a woman can be the president of the United States at any moment if the woman is competent, has a good record and good accomplishments. A Hispanic certainly can and will be a president, Hispanic descent, will mm-hmm. be a president of the United States at some point. But Tom Perez uh, is another example of trying to reach out to a voter crowd, uh, and, and they want a better uh, turnout with Hispanics. And, uh, and by the way, if you look at the Democrats' response last night, they use a 72-year-old white 
governor flanked by a bunch I of know. middle-aged white people in a diner in Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, so they're clearly recognizing where they have failed, which is pretty much with all the white people in America and, unfortunately, a good number of Hispanics and African Americans. So pretty much most of the country is where they failed. And they're trying to, they got a, they got a good percentage with the African Americans, but they, they've really got to get better in terms of Hispanics and in terms of, uh, of, of the white population, middle white, middle America working class, or they mm-hmm. have no shot at taking back power in the country. Was the, uh, was the governor uh, on a pool feed or was that from CNN? Pretty sure it was a pool feed because I happened to have flipped over to MSNBC okay. when I uh, when I'm watching a Republican speak. Mm-hmm. I tend to go to the network that might be most disadvantageous to the Republican, vice versa. If it's a Democrat speaking, I would go to Fox. I want to hear the other side's view, so to speak, and I want to kind of I don't want it to shape my view, but I want to hear what people are saying. So I was watching MSNBC when that happened. I watched it and I thought it was uh, strictly something CNN had done, which to me made sense at that point. But so uh, I just want to finish off with one thing. There, uh, th- this, this topic of gold star fathers. Now I, you know, my heart bleeds for the family who lost that Marine in the what do we call it? the operation a couple of weeks ago. My heart goes out to them. However, do you think any political party should use that type of loss as a way to to try and better the party by saying, you know, look what happened when the president sent in the seals, this, that, and the other thing, and 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 basically claimed it to be a a lost mission. Now, the way I oh, look gosh. at it, pardon. I mean, there are thousands, thousands dead under Obama. I'll let you finish. Yeah. Before I interrupt. No, no. I, I was just going to say, how many cops get killed every day? And nobody seems to give a care about the cops. But, well, you know, is that the police chief's fault? The cop gets killed? Very rarely. It's really? usually the criminal. Is it the mayor's fault? That, exactly. I mean, come on. I mean, it, the situation here is really simple. I, I am disgusted by watching people with, with various different ailments, including the death of a loved one, mm-hmm. uh, be used as a political prop or political shield. There's nothing wrong with using the lady that has, I, I can't remember the disease, but. Uh, but the lady that, that was in the wheelchair and right. bringing light to an issue that needs yeah. attention. There's nothing wrong with pointing out the service and the work that that uh, that that the uh, military guy uh, Ryan in the in the in the beautiful moment with the applause by the entire Congress, yes. uh, with the wife crying and tearing up. There's nothing wrong with it. That's appropriate. But once you get into the realm, uh, just as Captain Khan's father did back during the oh, election, gosh. The, right. the, gold, the gold star debt, yeah. he was using his son as a political shield because he's an immigration lawyer and was threatened by Donald Trump's immigration policies. He had he wasn't worried about his son. That's why Trump attacked him. Yeah. And the country went but, but went bonkers. But it is not appropriate to use uh, a fallen soldier as a political prop or shield. And when you do, it is appropriate for the politician being abused by that to respond in kind, and that's what Trump did. So I, I don't think that I think the Democrats are doing the same thing they accused Trump of with the Captain Con situation, with the with the fallen soldier. There's going to be many. Unfortunately, the president's job is to keep us safe and yes. try to contain the carnage. Do you think his uh, new I, I I don't know uh, Do you think his new try at a um, travel ban is going to work? Loosely, yes. I think he's going to be met with at least as much uh, conflict and probably lawsuits. Mm-hmm. I think he will probably prevail better in this one because he's going to have thought it through much more thoroughly as to what the courts are going to do. I don't think he anticipated that the most liberal district of the federal court in the country would be the one he would be in, because if he'd been in any other district, my opinion is that he probably would have not had that ban stayed because that, that, that district is almost overwhelmingly overturned by the Supreme Court, and uh, other districts uh, usually are much more in the center. Uh, that, that is a very that is a very they're trying to legislate from the bench out there, and that's why it went into that court, and he got outplayed at least for that moment. I don't think he will be this time. Hey, listen, Brian, I, I know you've got to run off to a TV gig. I want to thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for sticking by and uh, sharing your sharing your insight. Love to have you back on in the future. You've got an open door pol- uh, um, invitation here. Once Hi, again, great, great to be with you. Would love to. All right, thank you so much. In regards to your wife, congratulations on all your 
all your ventures, your radio shows, your columns, everything. Man, you deserve it. And I look forward to the next time we meet here in the Exxon. Thank you so much. Take care, Brian. Exxon Nation, my guest this hour has been Brian Crabtree. What a guy. Now, if you'd like to contact, uh, if you'd like to find out more about Brian, his um, website is thebriancrabtreeshow.com. That's www.thebriancrabtreeshow.com. And you can follow Brian on Twitter at Brian Crabtree. And Brian is B-R-Y-A-N. I'll be back on the other side of this break with the news at the top of the hour as we continue right here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell, and you're listening to us on the Exxon Broadcast Network and Talk Stream Live. Don't go away. <laughs> 